all good evening. It's me from the song. And welcome to Sizzletown, the late night call-in podcast. Your chance to phone in, speak to me and get something off your chest. Any subject you want to talk about, I'm ready to take your call. You can broach any subject at all. I'm up for anything. Please, broach away. And while we're waiting for the the deluge of calls, I might just remind you that, uh, as you would have spotted from our logo, this podcast is a Pots and Pans production, which means that it is produced by the great Matt Dower. And I know he's got a lot of fans out there. If you're familiar with our previous work, the radio show Get This or the podcast Childproof, you're probably expecting some, well, spectacular production, a lot of sound effects, a lot of bells and whistles, because Matt is, after all, the Phil Spector of Australian comedy. Um, That's with regards to the wall of sound, not the murdering, clearly. I mean, I don't think he's ever shot a woman in the mouth in the foyer of his mansion, At least if he has, it's not mentioned on his Wikipedia page. But uh, bad news, I'm afraid, because uh, we're recording this at Matt's house. So I'm afraid he doesn't have access to his full range of uh, sound effects. Um, Matt, what have we got? Three. What? Three effects? Yep. What, three in total? Yep. Okay, run them by me. What's what's the first one? Okay, well, that's a classic. Not sure how we're going to use that, but anyway, uh, number two. Well, that's completely useless. What's the third one? Of course. Okay, well, we're going to attempt to put something together using those three sounds. Uh, Any calls yet? No. Okay. Um, I guess people don't know when to to call because we... Because it... This hasn't really been thought through, has it? Um, Well, I mean, why are we doing this? Uh, A lot of people have been uh, saying to me, when are you going to get your own podcast? And I've always thought, well... Do we need yet another comedian with a podcast? I mean, they all seem to have one now. I mean, I only have a certain number of things happen to me that I can mention in a podcast, and I'm already on Team Effort with Ed Cavalier and Ash Williams, and, of course, I'm on Chrissy Salmon Brownie on Nova 100 in Melbourne. So between those two shows, pretty much anything funny that happens to me gets mentioned there, and... I do stand-up comedy, so obviously that's pretty much the same material but with more swearing. So, you know, why do I need my own podcast, you might ask? Well, I thought, what's something that no one else is doing? And the answer came, talkback. You don't really hear talkback on a podcast, and I'm starting to work out why. Um, it's a, a, There's a call. What? Really? Yep. An actual co- okay, put him through. Hello. Uh, is it a, is it a podcast? Yes, it is. Uh, who am I talking to? Uh, my name's 
come and I was just listening in my car. You were just listening? But I said, you know, you call in for the talkback, so I thought... But this uh, hasn't been uploaded, so how did you know... Yeah, to... That's inexplicable, I couldn't really tell you. Okay, well, uh, how can I help? Yes, well, is there a subject we're concerned with tonight? Not really. Uh, whatever you want. Oh, uh, gee, TV, is that good? Yep, sure. What are you watching? Oh, I'm watching, uh, what am I watching? The Mentalist. I'm watching a bit of that. The Mentalist? Yeah, I don't watch the whole program. I just watch the beginning of it, which is uh, previously on The Mentalist. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, there's a little capsule of what happened last week, so I'm always a week behind. Because I just watched that bit. Right. What I'd like to do is just get all of those previously on the mentalists and just edit them all together so that it creates a continuous uh, previously on the mentalists, um, you know, concertina of the whole series. You don't have to watch it. You just you get the whole thing out of the way in about seven minutes. So you're a big fan of the show? Yes, well, it's probably my favourite. But yes, I'd like to do that for a job. I'd like to say the words at the beginning, you know, Previously on the mentalist, because he's, I think they've got a mentalist himself. So that seems ridiculous to me. I mean, why would he suddenly be aware of the fact that he's in the television program? It seems um, data risk in the middle of a, you know, medical drama. I don't follow it. Well, now that you say that. Yes, I think they should have somebody else. I'd be quite happy to just say, well, um, you know. Previously on the mentalist, I could do the course. Look, I've just done this. They could bag that up and use that immediately. Well, I'll uh, I'll pass that on. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. And uh, you know, I'd also do um, previously on Madam Secretary. I mean, you yeah. know, I'd do that one. <laughs> well, thanks for that, comrade, and uh, thanks for calling in. So, is this a, what is this a podcast? Is yep, a podcast. Who's yep. on it? You just you, is it? Just. Just me and uh, Maddie D uh, on the buttons. Well, that sounds a bit sad, isn't it? Well, we're, we're giving it a crack. Okay. Well, good luck with that, I'll say. Thanks. <laughs> good evening to you. Oh, okay. Well, there it is, our very first caller here at Sizzletown. Um, TV. Okay. Um, just trying to think of... Have we got a sound to... For our TV segment, have we... Thanks, Matt. Um, TV, what can I recommend? Well, the Daryl Summers show from 1982 is slowly being uploaded in its entirety to YouTube, I think by Daryl himself, because it's got the uh, Summers Carol watermark on it. At time of recording, there were 18 episodes for you to enjoy the beigest television show ever made. No set, just a, a carpeted staircase like a giant sort of scratching post. Um, you want to start at the beginning if you're going to dive in. The very first episode has a fantastic stand-up spot from ugly Dave Gray, or the Prime Minister of the Gold Coast, as I know him. Um, just drop the needle on, on a bit of ugly Dave, if you could, Matt. No. This is about the little black boy, the little black boy, ah, and he okay. said to his dad, um, he said, Dad, yep. why's I got this tight, woolly hair? Okay, maybe not the best <laughs> clip to play from the Daryl Summers show, which is obviously recorded in 1982, which is long before political correctness went completely mad. 
What else can I recommend? YouTube, uh, still nothing on YouTube surpasses what I feel is the greatest short film of recent years, The Straw Thief. Look it up. It's a 90-second film uh, where a cat attempts to steal some straws from a glass of straws on a table in a breakfast nook. I know it doesn't sound like much, but it's well worth a look. Um, all right. Uh, any more callers? Yeah. No. Oh, God. Uh, what about uh, – I think I left an answering machine message on Matt so that uh, – some of my radio luminaries can leave me a good luck message. Have we got anything there? Just just hit play. G'day, Tony. This is Trevor Devon calling from uh, Ballarat's Kroll Castle FM, which is, of course, the only medieval theme park-based uh, broadcasting service operating 2 till 6 a.m. every weekday with me at the helm, of course, Trevor Devon, with the big uh, jousting updates coming at you thick and fast. We've got members of uh, the cast of uh, Ben Elton's Life from Planet Earth performing genuine medieval jousting on the hour every hour, 24 hours hours a day, whether anyone is here or not at uh, Crow Castle. We've got uh, in excess, of course, dropping by uh, yet again next weekend, still on their Never Clevis and Twain tour of medieval theme parks. Uh, Sons, J.D. Fortune, I think, just getting someone out of the audience to do the uh, lead vocal. Sometimes Gary Gary Beers might uh, have a crack himself, but uh, yeah, it's all happening up here at Crow Castle. I'd urge your listeners to drop by and uh, you will see me because obviously numbers are down and uh, everyone's forced to uh, uh, take on extra duties here. I'll be uh, appearing in the stocks from 2 till uh, 5 most afternoons and then at 6.30 you can see me taking a shed in the street. It's all part of the medieval fun and uh, we'll see you up this way. All the best. Wow. Thanks for that, Trevor. Trevor Devon there up at uh, Crail Castle FM. Um... Maybe another clip from Ugly Dave. No, we're not going to play any more Ugly Dave Gray. I myself was doing some offensive stand-up recently in the suburb of McKinnon here in Melbourne, and uh, thanks to everyone who came along and saw that. Uh, McKinnon is a fantastic suburb. It's wedged uh, in between Ormond and Bentley, and it's, I guess, just maybe six or seven blocks. I'm not sure how you would describe the dimensions of McKinnon, but I know people who live there are so happy that the stand-up comedy has arrived once a month at the McKinnon Hotel, because as one bloke said to me, this is great that we've got stand-up comedy in McKinnon now, because now I never need to leave McKinnon. They've got everything there, and I made the mistake of saying hello Bentley at the start of one of my sets, and there was booing. And then I was driving home, and I was thinking, hang on, my family name is McKinnon, which is true. Up until Martin got involved, we were McKinnons for centuries. So, in fact, I am more McKinnon than anyone living in McKinnon. Anyway, let's leave that there. McKinnon just down the road from the former home of Stacks of Slacks. In case you haven't heard, listening in other parts of the country, Stacks of Slacks is no more. I think I put a photograph on Twitter, at Mr. Tony Martin, where you can see that the shop has been divided into two businesses, and the one on the left is an accountant's 
one on the right. I'm not sure what it is, but they've left of slacks at the top of their shop. Um, the accountant has painted over stacks, so his side says accountant. So in effect, it says accountant of slacks. And that's who I'll be getting to do my tax this year, the smart casual accountant. Um, might mention uh, some tweets. People have been sending me tweets. Um, Adam, somebody, <laughs> Adam Marks, I think, says, my wife had no idea why I was laughing so hard in the supermarket aisle last night. And there's a photo of a stack of fancy feast cod sole and shrimp flavoured um, fancy feast. And that is, of course, my favourite 1970s progressive rock band, cod sole and shrimp. I find it impossible to walk past the cod sole and shrimp display at my local supermarket without just going into a song, without just going into cod, soul and shrimp, it's got to... Sorry, Matt, can you put... be great if you had like a big Wembley crowd under that. What have you got? Okay. I'll leave that there. Oh, hang on. Another caller. Hello. Hello. Is it, what is this? Uh, <laughs> is this like um, like a competition or something? Not really. Who is this? Well, my name's Dion. I just... Um, Someone told me to call in. Right, and they told you there was a prize? Oh, what is it going to be? What's it going to be? Uh, well, there isn't one, I'm afraid, Dion. Um, yeah, okay. Tell us, what do you do? Well, what I like to do is I'm on Twitter, right? I do um, tweets and shit, right? Right. And then I, I fucking... Um, I, I, I photograph the tweets, right? Right. And then I just put them on uh, fucking Instagram. Really? <laughs> what a fucking dumb nut, right? Okay. But then what I do is I, I've got a Tumblr. I'm just the best. <laughs> the best one. Uh, it's fucking mm. bullshit. Okay, that's... Uh, okay. Uh, but I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> we on here, are we? So uh, what else can you tell us? Okay, get rich scheme. Here you go. You ready for it? Right. Okay. So you go to um, JB Hi-Fi when they have like the uh, iTunes card. Oh, yeah. That, um, they'll have them like 20% off. So like you're getting a $20 iTunes card, right? Mm. But it's 20% off, so you're getting... So that's like... Um, uh, what is that? It's like six, 16. Um, 15 bucks, right? So that's four, $4. So think about that. That's fucking... That's, that, that's like... Um, the iTunes card is worth like twenty bucks, mm-hmm. but you've got it for like yeah. sixteen bucks. Yeah. So where's that four bucks? Well, you've got that four bucks, right? Yeah. Okay. So you fucking extrapolate that out, right? Okay. You, well, uh, fucking stay with me, right? So you like keep doing that, right? Yes. And then you've played the system, right? Yeah. So you got like all this extra money. Of course. Okay. Think about that, right? Yeah. And you've got a lot of iTunes cards. You know, you're gonna have to buy fucking all of Game of Thrones, you're going to have to fucking siphon that off. But don't worry, because that's why you've played the stock market. Is it? Yeah, right? Think about that. Okay. Is there a prize for this? Uh, what's it going to be? Come on, what's it going to be? I, um, I don't know. That is enormous. Uh, that is fucking enormous. Okay. Right? Okay. Sure. You just spread that one round the fucking iTunes scam, right? <laughs> Fucking taking twenty, he can't take twenty percent off money. No, it doesn't make any sense. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, Dion. Okay, mate. Yeah, it's a prize. Yeah, what's it gonna be? See ya. See ya, mate. Thank you, Dion, for contributing here at Sizzletown.
I might mention that we are sponsored tonight by Deadly Kerfuffle, the recent novel by, <laughs> it's by Tony Martin, available on Firm Press as an actual book, or you can get it as a ebook or an iBook or a Kindle. It's pretty much available in all the formats. Laserdisc, I think there is a Laserdisc of Deadly Kerfuffle. It's a comic novel about um, racism and terrorism. So there's some fun for everybody. It was actually named Book of the Week by Martin Agerton on 7AD in Devonport. Have a listen to this. Today we're going to look at a book called uh, or a Deadly Kerfuffle, uh, written by Tony Martin. He's an Australian comedian, writer, um, author, and uh, he, I think he does all sorts of... He was on part of the Degeneration. Um, he's part one of the writers for Utopia. No, sorry, I did not write Utopia. No connection to Utopia whatsoever, but thanks, Martin. He actually gave me another credit at the end of the review. I guess if you like Utopia and, and things like uh, The Chasers, and because I think he was one of those originally as well. No, didn't write Utopia, was never one of the chasers. But anyway, it was a good review, so thank you, Martin. And hello to everyone at 7AD in Devonport. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. That's not wearing out its welcome at all. Well, we seem to be uh, out of callers here at Sizzletown, so I think I'm going to make a call of my own. Can you start dialing that number, Matt, that I left with you? Because I know Carl Stefanovic has been making some claims in the back of an Uber that Richard Wilkins uh, hasn't been sharing his celebrity contacts enough. That was one of the complaints that he had in that perfectly remembered 45-minute conversation by the Uber driver. And I have to let you know that I have a long history of working with Richard Wilkins. My first television appearance, as many of you know, was in 1979 on Television 2 in New Zealand. I was age 14 and I appeared live on TV with Richard Wilde, as he was then known, and uh, received uh, my prize in a school filmmaking competition. And ever since then, Richard has allowed me full use of his celebrity black book. So I'm going to call someone now. Matt's just uh, dialing the number. Someone in uh, Beverly Hills, one of my favourite film directors, the great William Friedkin, uh, director of The French Connection, The Exorcist, To Live and Die in L.A. He's always got anecdotes because he is the master. Yes, hello. Uh, hi, is this Mr Friedkin? This is uh, Tony Martin calling from Australia for the podcast Sizzletown. Well, what, what, what do you want to know? I was hoping you could tell us um, how you created that classic car chase for the French Connection. Well, I, <laughs> I've told this story many times before. Sure, but uh, a lot of our listeners uh, would never have heard the story, That's so right. please, um, well, we, take us back. We had the rights to a a story called The French Connection. Right. Sonny Grosso and some other New York cops had written this story, and they'd called it The French Connection. And how did you get going on it? So what we did is we got a, a bunch of great New York actors who often would live the roles that they were playing. Mm. And you would give them a role. You would say, you're going to play a bum living in a park. And Gene Hackman or Roy Scheider would go out 
as they would actually live in a park for 10 or 15 years, however long it took to say the role of this archetypal street bum, a street person. And we wanted to get some of that New York energy into the French connection. Okay, yeah, I get that. So what I will often do is stage entire scenes, which are not part of the screenplay. Sure, like uh, like improv, but, I mean, you wouldn't do that with a car chase. Well, this is the thing. There was no car chase in the screenplay. So what we did is we just, I decided to, to improvise that entire sequence. Wow. Uh, in one afternoon. Really? But and, uh, but how do you do that? Uh, Gene Hackman was, uh, was coming home with some shopping bags. He'd been shopping at a supermarket. Yeah. And uh, he was uh, just going to go into his apartment. And I think we had a 20-minute sequence uh, scripted of him just... Uh, putting various grocery items in, into drawers and cupboards and, and that sort of thing. What you would expect a man with some shopping to do. Of course. And I felt we needed a chase. We needed some action at this point. There had been several sequences of people simply replacing items in cupboards and drawers already. The picture was running, I think it was running five and a half hours long. <laughs> really? So I said to uh, one of the stunt coordinators, I said to him, I want you to take this high-powered rifle. I want you to go up on the roof of the apartment. When you see Gene Hackman, you know him, he was in Bonnie and Clyde. When you see him come around the corner, I want you to open fire, fire actual bullets at Gene Hackman. Good God. The Academy Award winner. And sure enough, this uh, stunt coordinator was fired his gun directly at Gene. So Gene threw himself on the ground. I got onto a walkie-talkie, and I said to the sun coordinator, I said, why, I want you to race down the stairs and get into a car and speed away. But he didn't do that. He said he went to the elevated subway, and he said, what am I going to do now? Hackman, meanwhile, was rolling around on the ground. He had no idea what was going on. Was the production under attack from some sort of crazy sniper. Yeah. Obviously, well, it's New York. Anything could happen. Of course. Yeah, so but... I said, go up to the L train. I want you to uh, take control of that train. I want you to get on board. I want you to take this gun. I gave him a handgun. Right. I gave him a lot of ammunition. I said, I want you to get onto this train. I want you to improvise the hijacking of a locomotive. Really? And he... So he, just, he knew that I had Several directing credits, I would know what I was talking about. He got onto that train, he, he hijacked the train. And I said to myself, now we have a chase. <laughs> right. I went over to Gene, he said, what's going on? I said, I want you to flag over a car, any sort of a vehicle. I want you to chase that runaway train all the way to the end to Coney Island, wherever it's going. Yeah, but sh- So Gene Hackman, who's a very instinctive actor, jumped behind the wheel of the car and just took off. And I was contacting him via walkie-talkie. I'm saying, I want you to sideswipe a few vehicles as you're driving up the street. He said, well, is any of this legal? I said, don't worry about it. We have Sonny Grasso, one of the original cops from the French Connection case, with us on this project. So I just want you to damage as many vehicles have as many close calls as if you see a woman with a pram 
just drive towards her, and we will see if this makes for some kind of exciting sequence in this film we're making called The French Connection. So this is all entirely improvised. Well, yes. Yeah, so Gene took off in pursuit of this L train, which is been supposedly kidnapped by, what, as far as he knew, by the stunt coordinator. He was very confused. Many of the crew did not know, were racing ahead, attempting to light, set up lights in advance of the chase, which was coming towards them. And you're coordinating all this on, on walkie-talkies. Well, yes. I told the sun coordinator, I said, don't stop. Don't you stop for any stations or passages. We're making a, an important film called The French, French Connection. Connection. Yeah, well, and he just kept driving. I said, I want you to crash that train. I want to see that train crash into another train. And then we've got something. We've got a scene. So he was concentrating on that task. And meanwhile, Hackman, Popeye Doyle, kept driving. Right. And the, the, he knew when to stop because it was a massive train collision. And as I understand it, many passengers on the train were quite seriously hurt. God, really? But uh, Hackman knew uh, that he had to make the scene work because we're improvising. It's like a Cassavetes film. We're improvising. Yeah, but... So, the stunt coordinator, groggy from the collision that he had engineered at my behest, stumbled from the, the cabin of the train, stumbled towards the stairs. And he's coming down the stairs towards Gene Hackman as Popeye Doyle. And Gene turns to me, goes, we need to cap this scene off. What are we going to do? And I handed him a, a loaded handgun, and I said, I want you to shoot Nikolai in the back. Oh. I need you to make him turn around. You've got to engineer some reason for him to turn around. I think he just said, turn around. And so the guy turned about face, and I said, shoot him several times in the back. And he said, Gene said to me, is this doesn't sound legal. And I said, just do it. Just shoot him in the back. And so that became, of course, the famous poster for the French connection. Wow. And so the stunt coordinator was, was dead. And in fact, there was, I think, at least seven or eight fatalities during the course of that classic chase sequence. That's a pretty extreme way to, to well, shoot it. I'm a- very proud of, of everyone who, living and dead, <sighs> who contributed. Well, I had no idea. Um I'm afraid we're out of time, but hey, thanks for for sharing that story with us. Well, it's it's great to tell. Look, call back anytime. Well, we probably will take Mr. Friedkin up on that offer. Um, that's really it for the first edition of Sizzletown. Thanks to everyone who downloaded us. And all this music you're hearing, by the way, is by the great Damien Cowell. He's got a fantastic selection of uh, albums, quite a massive back catalogue. You can uh, buy some of it at Bandcamp. Go to Damien Cowell, that's Damien with an A. And I should also thank the great Matt Dow on the Pots and Pans. And we'll be back with more Sizzletown at some time in the future. Cheers.
Park, one of the writers for Utopia. Oh, that seems a bit sad, isn't it? I'm not right. 